Okay, everybody, welcome back once again to Tech Gumbo. I'm Haggai Davis II, along with Haggai Davis III, and we'd like to welcome you to Tech Gumbo. Here on our show, we like to talk about the past, present, and future of all things technology in a topical, interesting, and digestible way. Without geek speak or a bunch of acronyms, we just want to talk about technology that's important to us and important to you. We also want to thank Cardinal Capital. To business owners and CEOs, hopefully you have a good relationship with your lender. Even if you do, sometimes you face other challenges, such as a need to consolidate debt, a want to level out your cash flow, or a desire to buy new equipment because you're in growth mode. If this describes you, give Cardinal Capital a call, whatever your need or challenge. They have over 4,000 lenders where they source commercial capital for business clients. Chris, Gary, and Rob at Cardinal Capital have a passion for business, and they want you to succeed. When you meet with Cardinal Capital, they get to know you and your business, so they can present your needs to lending institution that will best fit your unique situation. In short, they go after money for your business. They translate your business into what's important for lenders, and they are good at it. Depending upon what the deal is, no matter how complicated or straightforward, they will help maximize your profitability while setting your business up for success. They find the best solution for your situation, all while being fun and easy to deal with. For more detailed information, visit their website at cardinalcap.net. You can also call them 225-308-3700 or email them info at cardinalcap.net. So, Mr. Davis, let's get started with some tech gumbo today. I'm ready. I wanted to start off talking about browsers. Specifically, the Google Chrome browser has had some, some malicious extensions that are being classified as remote access Trojans or rats. Yeah, so this is something going through Chrome right now. And one of the things that you can do is make sure that if you have Chrome, check your extensions. If you see an extension that doesn't look like the one that you installed, or it's just something that looks out of place or along those lines, just delete it. In general, and it doesn't matter if it's Chrome or Edge or Firefox, it's a good idea to go look at the extensions that you have and make sure that you've not clicked on something and some extension is sitting in the background of your browser doing all the things that you don't want it or need it to be doing for you. All right. And then if there's an extension that you installed five years ago, but you just don't use anymore, go ahead and pull it out. There have been several stories wherever old extensions have been sold, they've been compromised, and it's just better to avoid that problem ahead of time. Absolutely. Good cyber health for your computer. Delete the old stuff that you don't need anymore and delete the stuff you don't need anymore now. Yeah. Moving along, the... Folks at Microsoft have been really kind of nice. Their Xbox, they sell a lot of these Xboxes, and they're losing up to $200 for every Xbox they sell. This fits so well in line with the Microsoft vision for what they want their company to be, that they are a software company first, that they want to make that recurring money. They're not trying to have the once up front that they are building their software pass, their their game pass. And so if it means lowering the price of that Xbox up front to get you to buy it, because if you're sitting there and you're thinking about it and you say, well, 
that difference of is it 500 bucks or is it 400 bucks for a lot of people that's an important distinction and so once you're on then you say okay well i'll spend the 15 bucks a month to get the game pass and if you have that game pass for a full year two years three years over the life of the xbox microsoft comes out positive in the end and they know that and that is just their entire business model the classic Give away the razor handle to sell the really expensive blades. This is the same thing. The the Xbox that cost them $700 to manufacture that they're selling for $499 or $399, but they put it on sale for $299 from time to time. Boy, that Game Pass, mm, how much fun is that? Or let's just go buy some of those games that were even without the Game Pass, but you're having to pay for those games over and over yeah that's a a real real nice way to do business oh absolutely and it falls very much in line with microsoft's decision to buy activision blizzard and there was a question recently you know one of the large uh properties that activision blizzard owns was call of duty and there was some rumors floating around that maybe microsoft would make Call of Duty specific to the Xbox and that they would no longer allow it to be on PlayStation, which would be a huge blow in the on the console war because of how big Call of Duty is. But once again, Microsoft wants to be the software company and that they said that we will put Call of Duty on PlayStations as long as there is a PlayStation to put it on because they know that you're going to sit there and, and they'll take your money if you're a PlayStation owner just the same as if you're an Xbox owner. It, it just falls so in line with Satya Nadella that he's been the CEO now for a decade. And he has said over and over, we want to be platform agnostic. We want to to have recurring revenue whenever, wherever we can get it. We're not going to do just the one-time sales. That's not the future of Microsoft. And this fits perfect. I mean, sure, Sony's PlayStation over there. Hey, no problem. Y'all still use that Sony PlayStation. It's a good box. Buy our software. Exactly. This is the this exact same idea. And it it makes a lot of sense. You can really see Microsoft's vision of the future of technology in so many different places. And they, they seem to be right about a lot of different things. This is a very successful way to go about doing this. And, you know, you really think that for until we see a large scale regime change in how software operates and is sold, this will be the model that any successful company uses. But every software platform is going down this path. I mean, the days of just buying a single license and you just make that one-time purchase just doesn't exist anymore. It's very, very difficult for the mainstream softwares. Yes, used to be $100, $200, up to $400 to make a buy. Now it's $25 a month. Now it's $16 a month, $14 a month that you're going to keep for 10 years. Even all the way out into entertainment that you used to buy an album I haven't bought an album in 15 years because I had iTunes or when I made the switch from iTunes to Spotify, maybe, maybe only a decade ago, but I have my Spotify subscription that I pay however much per month for. And so I don't own any of those songs. 
I rent them essentially. And I, I pay that recurring service. And same thing for visual entertainment with Netflix and Microsoft and, and Disney Plus and all those. Yeah, the future is that small recurring monthly charge. However, Microsoft, when they uh, you know, set out to purchase Activision to create that bigger platform to get more people to want to come and have that recurring revenue, well, it's got the attention of the EU and they're kind of giving it a once over. They're not quite so comfortable with the idea. Right. This is an antitrust agency inside the European Union. And apparently they're not the only one that the UK and Brazil's versions of these agencies are also really want to make sure they're going through because they're worried about a monopoly. The fact that Microsoft is the console maker and they would own one of the largest video game makers there's a lot happening here. Ma'am, they're really close. And to this point in time, Microsoft has acted in good faith, saying that they're they're not going to pull everything and make it exclusive and really try and crush the PlayStation. But we would be counting on them to continue to operate in good faith. And if one day they flip the switch, they could just turn the PlayStation off. And... We don't want to end up in that world where they have that power, even if they promise not to use it. The one thing that Microsoft has going in its favor is if they're making money, they're not going to want to stop making money by selling their software on other platforms. That would be a wholesale change away from Microsoft's vision. The fact that you can use Windows on a Google Android phone, the fact that you can on your your Mac pull up a, a Windows product, the fact that you can you know, on a Linux box, you can use Windows or a Microsoft product. That's where Microsoft wants to go. So that's why I think Microsoft's got a really good chance of this actually going through. It's still everybody's going to give it that strong look over, though. I agree that they've definitely they've bought themselves a lot of good faith that you know, over the course of their company for a very long time that they have said that this is what they want to do. They're not trying to choke out the other hardware makers in this way, but just still having all this power concentrated in one place. Are there maybe smaller things that they could do that would shift more people to buying the Xbox and the PlayStation? Because at the end of the day, if everyone was on the, the Xbox, Microsoft makes more money that way. But... It's it's tough. That's that's why they're going to look all through it and, and really make sure that ultimately at the end of the day, the consumer benefits. Now, one of the things that the consumer is not going to benefit that Microsoft is doing is they're experimenting with putting ads in the Windows 11 start menu. Yeah, I still have not swapped to Windows 11 from Windows 10. And boy, this is one of the fastest ways to get me to stay right where I am. Well, I did upgrade here in the last couple of weeks to Windows 11, and by and large, I can't tell the difference. There's a few subtle differences. Some of the icons look a little bit different. The start menu looks different, but that's about it. Everything else runs and looks the same way. There's not a big change. This really, and we've said way too many times, did not need to be a full Windows 11 change. This just should have been another software upgrade inside of windows 10 now that they've done got this out there and they're talking about selling ads i'm just gonna puke all over that 
Well, the good news is that it doesn't look like a generic ad. As of right now, it's still only in developer-specific builds. It's only Microsoft-specific ads. You know, you're not going to see a Bud Light ad in your Windows Start browser yet. And I, I don't think that they would. But at the same time, the future is also looking for any place where you can put an ad there. And so just cracking that door open even a little bit makes me uneasy. Just a little too much light coming in. I mean, the fact that I already used Microsoft Edge as a browser, but you're going to pop up an ad and say, hey, have you tried Microsoft Edge? Have you tried Microsoft Office 365? Have you tried Microsoft? That's just, I don't need to see all that. I'm already a Microsoft person. I'm using your product. Don't sell me on other Microsoft crap. Yep. Well, that's the downside of that. Whenever they're the recurring revenue company, in order to get their recurring revenue, they have to sell you on it. This is true. One of the things that Microsoft is is having a tough time with is the whole concept of getting into the metaverse. And I think even this statement, Microsoft struggles entering the metaverse, the headline from one of the stories that we read, it implicitly assumes that there is a metaverse for Microsoft to get into. As best as I can tell, there's not one single thing that is a metaverse that it's a lowercase m idea. It's like Microsoft struggles getting into the internet. That's kind of is a weird statement. It doesn't really make sense, I think. And so that's the, the lens that I want to go into this story with is that much like Facebook, as we'll talk about later, is going to struggle with getting into the metaverse. It's not one singular thing. It's not like a bubble that you need to, to place yourself on the other side of that wall. It's like a vague concept. Well, the big problem is is the path to entry. You have to go through the augmented reality goggles or the virtual reality goggles. And Microsoft's HoloLens, their AR goggles, the price is not coming down enough to where it's easy for people to, to just run out and buy a, a set of HoloLens. I mean, they're, they're pr- approximately $3,000 for the HoloLens. Yeah. As I, as someone who enjoys technology, I'm not going to drop three grand, even if you had a lot of cool stuff on it. That's multiple times more expensive than the laptop and monitor that we're recording on combined. And so, yeah, why? The Army has, has really bought in big to the HoloLens, and there's been several other large corporations that are buying these. And you know, we've, we've talked about how the this and corrupt elevator employees are using it to pull up the, the documents on, on how to work on empl- uh, the, the elevator shafts. And the Army is using these HoloLens for, for different applications out in the field. And, and that's great because the Army has a gazillion dollar budget. I don't. And I'm yeah. not going to drop $3,000 for for augmented reality goggles to go play in a metaverse. I don't need a a better Wii Golf. That's not the thing that's going to sell me on this. And that even, you know, one of those cool Star Wars games, I'd pay like 15 to 20 bucks, but it makes sense as a large scale research and development that there are going to be applications of it that are like very niche and very specific, but this still feels 
a decade away from being in the hands of the average consumer. One, because that price point needs to really come down. And so you need the just all of the hardware to become more available and more mass produced and become cheaper. But two, I think a lot of people are, are just uncomfortable with the idea of putting on those goggles and just sitting there for half an hour to an hour at a time. The number of sci-fi movies, TV shows, books that have sounded the alarms about the future is us sitting in chairs, zoning out, escaping this reality and, and jumping into a virtual one. I think that's a, a message that a lot of people resonate with and they don't want to just hand that control over. Yeah, I, I get why this the HoloLens, the virtual reality, the augmented reality isn't seeing this explosive jump. You bring up a good point. The the hardware is going to have to come down by 90%. In 300 bucks, okay, now you're in the ballpark of maybe it's interesting. But in, in Microsoft is not alone. Apple has tried to create augmented goggles. Google has, Facebook's Meta has. Everybody's making these different goggles. And everybody is struggling to make these AR and VR goggles that are in a price point where the average consumer can afford. Yeah, it, it's just very much in the early research and development phase and that the Army announced last year that they were pretty upset because it was about $20 billion that they'd invested in this technology and they're delaying further testing on it because it, it's just not ready yet. And it's going to be a long period of time because Microsoft had HoloLens 2 well, they had a plans for HoloLens 3, but they've scrapped those. And so, you know, what what does the future of this actually look like in the short to medium term? And it's still a lot of haziness, fuzziness, you know, and just consumers not wanting it and the product not being there. Both the supply and the demand are lacking. That has also led to a huge layoff at Meta or Facebook's parent company, over the past two years, they had added over 42,000 additional workers. And this week, they've laid off 13% or 11,000 of those 42,000 employees. That is such a, an unbelievable arc for me that in you know December 2019, Facebook had around 45,000 employees, and so they roughly doubled the size of their company in the past two years. That is just staggering to me that you went from 45,000 to 87,000 employees. Yeah, that makes sense that it's not sustainable. That pandemic-era growth that everyone was spending every waking moment online because you couldn't go out in public. Well, most people are returning to normalcy in a lot of their lives. And so people are back in grocery stores. They're back in big box stores. Yeah, I just it was a bizarre bet to make. And so the fact that it's not paying off is seems pretty explainable. It really is surprising that Mark Zuckerberg was making such a huge bet on this metaverse to even go to the full length of changing the name of the company to Meta without 
a little more research as to whether or not anybody would buy into this thing because nobody's buying into it. Nobody's interested in it. And you risk that much on your of your company. That's a not a good play. If you even told me they doubled their company size over five years from 2020 to 2025, I would still say that's a pretty fast ramp. Then the fact that Facebook started at 45,000 and doubled from there, that just really tells you how bloated the company was. It's just shocking to me. But we will keep an eye out on it, and we will let you know as things change. We want to thank General Informatics for sponsoring our show. General Informatics is an information technology firm with a mission to make our clients even more successful through the best use of technology. Based in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, General Informatics is a premier IT managed service provider delivering exceptional managed IT solutions to a diverse base of customers across the southeastern United States. From the beginning, we have maintained our commitment to meeting the growing needs of our clients through continuous innovation. With over 20 years of experience and a team of 180 plus employees, including technicians, engineers, program designers, GI has evolved to become the leading IT partner of business schools and government agencies. Our managed services teams can run your digital infrastructure or support your team on an on-demand basis, letting you focus on your business strengths. This has become a proven formula. So proven that 98% of our clients continue to do business with us year after year. Whether you need IT services, new technology, or have a question, visit us on the web at geninf.com. If you enjoyed our show today, we are here on Talk 107.3 FM every Saturday at 4 p.m. And the show reruns Sundays also at 4 p.m. If you missed any part of the show or you'd like to hear this or previous episodes, check out our podcast. Available on almost every podcast platform, including iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, and more. When you're there, be sure to subscribe so you get notified every time we post a new episode. If you like our show or you have any suggestions, let us know on our website at www.techgumbo.net. Thank you for listening to Tech Gumbo.